This is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. I'm the senior pastor at Historic Trinity Church in downtown Savannah. I'm passionate about following Jesus, loving my family, enjoying all sports involving the ball, and a constant pursuit to find the perfect bottle of bourbon. And I'm Molly, a Methodist from the West Coast, but after moving to Savannah a few years ago, I found a home in Trinity and a friend of Ben's. My greatest joy in life is simply sitting on the front porch with my husband, my crazy dog, and a great bottle of red wine. We'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Revisited podcast. I'm Molly. I'm Ben. And we're going to give you a look today about our Easter service. Yeah, yeah. We figure a lot of uh, podcasts will uh, guide you through planning and uh, preparation and things for Easter uh, well in advance while you're planning your Easter service. But we thought we'd just give it to you right after, uh, knowing that you're probably exhausted, but it's time to go ahead and look for next year. So uh, we're not helping you at all this year. But next year, we got you covered. There we go. That's the spirit. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So let's start with um, the prep behind Easter. When did we start? When did you start thinking about it, planning for it? I know kind of when we started marketing it. So let's work through that. Yeah, there's different avenues that you look at. And so depending on the department, uh, we looked at it at different times. Honestly, for in terms of music, our music director and I started talking about Easter the week after Christmas. Okay. I mean, we, we were already, because yeah. we had come through a high season of music and we were already looking toward Easter. Um, he had the disadvantage this year of, uh, in Savannah, you have to book musicians like a year out, and we only hired him six months ago, so he was kind of behind. Um, so, you know, we were talking about what we could do since he didn't have access to the talent. A lot of folks were already booked up. So we were working on that in there. Um, within the office, we set a timeline. Uh, probably about mid-February, I think. Um, just what we want to do, when we want to do it, when do we want to have it done by. Um, and then you and I worked on the marketing uh, piece of it. Um, and, and really, we didn't do as much on the marketing end this year as um, I might want to do next year. Correct. I think we started kind of the end of the last sermon series, so the week before Passion. Yeah, Palm yeah. about Sunday. two weeks out, we really started hitting the marketing, and it was social media. Um, yeah, that's kind of all we did. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do any ads, no newspaper. Um, I don't know how I would approach it. I just get such great traction on social media. Yeah, it, it's so hard to spend uh, three hundred dollars on a newspaper ad when I can spend thirteen dollars on a Facebook ad yeah. and get more people. It just seems that 
it's just, I mean, it's the way to go right now. Who knows? That could change in the time being. But I think in the near future, it just, that's how you reach people. And you target, you use Facebook ads and you target geographical areas. Yes. So that's one way to do it. Um, the geographical, like 30 miles around Savannah and do it. Right. We tried something a little bit different. I told you to boost one of the posts out in Pooler, which yes. is the suburb that I live in. It's, you know, 15, 20 miles out, but just target Pooler for one. And you said you got a couple. Lights yeah. Yeah. We, pool. so it's interesting. Um, you mentioned Pooler and we are, we market to usually, um, within Savannah and we'll hit the Pooler area, but I, I focused really in on Pooler. And the reason for that is Pooler is, I would say, your typical um, burb, your typical yep. suburb that that it's um, strip malls and very new and a lot of really big, great contemporary um, yes. uh, churches yep. are in Pooler, right? There's not as many traditional liturgical services in that area. And so with such a population boom out there, I thought, well, there's got to be people who, you know, let's be honest, six options of a praise band is not really their thing. But what's the one really great traditional worship option and I don't think that there's as many so I said well, let's no one's hon- promoting it right they're not promoting it if yeah. they're if they're there so I said let's let's kind of hone in on that and yeah. so we did the other thing that I did was um I targeted um for a week I just did the broad 18 to 65 um in both genders and about five days out I changed it to women between the ages of 25 and 45 Okay. Because I was imagining that young family, potentially new to town, looking for an Easter service, who's likely to make the decision about where they're going to church? Definitely the wife. Mom. Yes. Mom's yep. going to say what we're doing for Easter. So yep. I said, let's let's get mom on That's that smart. one. Yeah. Did you see traction with like engagement? Yes. Once you changed that? Yeah, I did. You know, we it, we ended up, I don't know how many came to church because we had such a large crowd. I didn't get a chance to uh-huh. really meet people, but we ended up... Uh, 15 or 20 new likes to our page. Okay. Uh, we reached a few hundred, a couple thousand even uh, people. Um, you know, again, did they show up? I don't know. And some people just habitually like things yeah. on Facebook. But, yeah, we got a, a good... So what was the dollar spend that you think you did on Facebook ads throughout the probably the past two weeks or so? Less than 30. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, because what I did was um, I was hitting people in that window of five days out, you know, uh-huh. last minute decisions. And what I did there was I think I did one ad for about $20 and another ad for 10 Wow. I mean, that was it. Oh, I thought you spent more. No. Uh, I, I probably awesome. should have. Well, <laughs> probably should have. We live and we learn. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. And so I also want to point out for people listening, um, Facebook ads is really great to get set up. You can narrow down your, it's called an audience mm-hmm. who you boost to. Um, and you can do age, you can do location. Um, if you want to get really technical, if well, really, if people are being driven to your website, if your website's a source of information, you can target people that have been on your website through, it's called Facebook Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way. If people are Googling in the area and they're landing on your website to find information, you can then have ads directed to them, um, which is something we haven't set up yet, but no, it's on my to. to-do list. Yeah. yeah. And then you can also um, boost the audience towards things that they like so like if they 
like other churches or different topics, maybe an author that's a yeah. Christian author, and they've at some point in their career on Facebook liked that page. Mm-hmm. You can target people who are in Savannah who like this author or this speaker um, and really narrow down that audience because the tighter you can get that fit, mm-hmm. um, the actual the better it's going to do. So that's just a little tidbit of knowledge for our listeners. Well, and then there's the other advantage that if your church, which you should, because um, I think you convinced me that Instagram is really the platform that people are, are, are being more engaged with. Yes. If you go ahead and have your Instagram account tied to your Facebook account, because Facebook bought Instagram, when you promote an ad on Facebook, it automatically goes to Instagram. Correct. And that's huge. And I, I really think at least for the quote unquote millennials, no matter what, they will look at your Instagram page before they come to church. Yes. Like Facebook is good for um, the broader generation. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Um, if you're targeting those young adults, adults, you know, um, and families, they're going to be on your Instagram page. Yeah, and and I think, and, and I'm I'm a working progress on this because you've really you're I think you're one of the best people at knowing how to do this, but in teaching me how to do it is there's different levels of social media promotion we probably should do a whole episode on this um but you know if that's your outsider approach through the ads your insider approach people who already like your page the stories are great yes and so if you noticed like pretty much from friday through sunday i was throwing stories up Mm -hmm. constantly about what we're doing what we're doing what's going on um we have a beautiful sanctuary so a lot of scenes from that a lot of scenes it's a beautiful uh weather um but just lots of ways to show people and build that anticipation some of the best churches that I know on Instagram every Sunday will have 15 or 20 stories and it's like it progresses you through the various cool things they're doing on a Sunday yeah stories is the way to go it's Mm. my favorite piece of any social media channel out there right now Um, I use it a ton um but I think that's something if your church has the capability and someone to kind of lead that on, if the pastor can't really grasp it or handle it, um, get into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's great for Easter. Like you really did start promoting it. You put some ad spend to it. Um, and we had a couple services leading up to Easter. Yeah, we did. Uh, we, we only did one Holy Week service. We did a Good Friday service. And the reason for that is we, with parking the way it is, yeah. it's hard to get people to come pay for parking and twice a week. And we're a downtown week. church, and the, the parking laws in Savannah is you have to pay till 8 p.m. So yeah. it's just... So I got a favor from the city to park in the garage for Friday, but to ask for two days was a little much. A little much. <laughs> so we had an amazing service on uh, Friday evening for Good Friday. We did a Tenebrae service. The music was phenomenal. Um... I mean, really meaningful service. And then on Saturday, we we don't do Easter egg hunts on the day before Easter. I know a lot of churches do, and great if you do. Um, but I had the option that I started our Easter egg hunt tradition back when I got here. So I do it the week prior because, for me, theologically, it's very important that the church lay still on Saturday before Easter because the world lays still. Yeah. And so we had a prayer guide, and between 10 and 2, you can come pray at the sanctuary, but that was it. Uh, and then, of course, Easter, we did uh, the one service at 11 o'clock. Um, and some churches on that day before, they do, like, stage cross stations. Yeah, stations of the cross. that's another really mm-hmm. popular way to do it. Um, and then, yeah, we stuck with one service. Um, I think logistically, that was just the best for this year. For this year. This is the last year we're going to do just one service. Next year, we're going to two. Yeah. And so let's go into... 
why why is this the last year that we have to do one service? What's the reason? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of different reasons for why I want to add a service. I'm going to likely add it at 9 o'clock. Uh, so we'll do a 9 and an 11. We uh, Our floor capacity is 300. And when you count our, we had about 250 plus on the floor. And then we ended up having about 30 upstairs with children and staff. Um, very full all the way around. And so we're closer to 284 for the day. Yeah, let's rephrase that again. We had about 280 people in attendance. Yeah, for one That's service. Incredible. It is great for us. We average now about 125, uh, but that is our new Easter record from the last two years where we had 220 and 230. Yeah. Um, I mean, that surpassed it completely. Oh, yeah. Very Blew it much. out of the water. Blew it out. So, and your expectations, what was your goal? Uh, 250. Your reasonable goal was 250, 250, and your, like, blow it out of the park goal. If we hit 300, I was going to, you're going to have to pull me out of the stratosphere. <laughs> and we, we got close. really close. We got close. Yeah. So, I have a couple reasons I want to add a service. One is um, we're in downtown Savannah. We are in the hub of Easter brunch universe. And, you know, I'm convinced that for a lot of people, part of their Easter tradition is to go out for brunch. There's reservations at every restaurant on every corner for it. You can't do brunch at eleven o'clock if you're if you're in worship. Yeah. You know you want to do it sooner, right? So I think that we we can hit a number of newcomers who want an earlier service, but not a sunrise service. Yeah. Um, and and then go out to brunch as a family. I also think from a numbers perspective that if we hit two eighty this year, let's say fifty of those would come at nine o'clock. So now we're down to two thirty five or something mm-hmm. uh, for eleven o'clock. I think you could take those 50 and probably add at least 50 more visitors. Yeah. And we could be 100, 105, 120 at 9 o'clock. All of a sudden, 284 becomes 370. Yeah. Three, excuse me, 350. Okay. So. I'm not a math person, but yeah, sounds right. <laughs> and again, you know, why, why do numbers matter? Because we're trying to reach all people um, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we need to measure... If all is the goal, then we need to measure that along the way. So, yeah, we do talk numbers a lot here. Numbers are not our goal, but they do help us understand that we're reaching our goal. And it's milestones. It is. If you keep surpassing those, you know you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were very pleased with the attendance, uh, but next year we will go to two two services. Okay. Um, And what other things um, do we want to keep going? What about your preparations? So, sermon-wise... what did you do? When did you start? Yeah, I started a couple of weeks ago. Now, I only preached the, the one Easter service. I have friends who preach multiple services in uh-huh. Holy Week, and that's really hard. Um, I was grateful. I only had the one the one service to, to prep for. Um, you know, it's funny. So I had a preaching professor in seminary who, who told us, and I, I've never forgotten it, because this is like my that I've preached the service. This is at least my fifth or sixth um, Easter that I've done. Um my preaching professor said, you know, you're going to reach a point in your career, you're going to preach so many Easter's that you're going to say, you know, oh, I just need a new idea. They're tired of hearing this. And, you know, what's my fresh take? And you're going to be frustrated. But he said, never forget, that's your biggest crowd. And they want to come hear the same story every mm-hmm. year. Don't overthink it. Just give them the story. So what, you know, he reminded us that what doesn't feel necessarily fresh for you sometimes may well feel like the freshest word a listener's ever heard. Yeah. So I went into it with simplicity. 
to say, what is the heart of Easter? The heart of Easter is resurrection. What does that look like in our life? And then I take the text for the day and shape it uniquely around that. Um, your theme, your subject this year The was, power of words. Yes. Yeah. Words, words. words create worlds. Um, the Luke text and the conversation between the angels and the women, and then the women telling the story to the men, who the men thought it was just an idle tale, as we're told, mm-hmm. except for Peter, and those words motivated him to go have his life changed. Yeah. And so we talked about what power words have over our lives and how they have a uh, the power to create a world of hope and resurrection that by power of Christ. So, um, but I tried to keep it very simple. I've ended up preaching shorter than I normally do. And if I'm evaluating myself, it was probably one of my tightest, most coherent sermons that I've delivered in a while. I would agree. So shorter is probably better for me. Yeah. I mean, overall, the service was out a little under an hour. Yeah. Um, But so I've experienced, this will be my third Easter at Trinity. My first Easter was your first Easter here. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't been to church in probably about a year or so. I, you know, I found Trinity. I came, I was like, you know, it's like homecoming. You go to church on Easter. It's, you know, a fresh start. So I came and heard, it was probably, looking back at it now, I don't remember all the words of the sermon. I remember it being so powerful that I've stayed at Trinity this Mm. whole time. But I also think it was what I needed in that time and just being Easter, it all heightens. This was definitely one of the best sermons that, like this Sunday's sermon was excellent. Like it totally stood up to my feelings of how I felt on that first Sunday. Mm. And so I feel very strongly about that. Um, Good. I've been trying for two years to match that first one. So (laughs) you did it. We did it. Success. Um, But I've also been more heavily involved in this Easter service. So I don't know if that plays into it as well. Everyone has their own experience. You had more personally invested. Totally. Yeah. But I did enjoy my favorite part that stuck out to me the first Sunday I was here um, when you talked about the women Mm -hmm. and how they gave the first sermon. And um, you hit that point again this year. um, And I just, you got a lot of laughs out of that. Um, It was a good joke moment and everyone was engaged. Like, and I was sitting up in the balcony. Um, We'll talk about why, but uh, I could, I could see everyone and everyone was enthralled. Mm. So it was good. I mean, I normally preach 15 to 18 minutes, so I'm not a long preacher to begin with. This one was about 13 and a half minutes. But it felt tight. It felt good connection with the room. Uh, the music definitely carried the day yeah. for us. Oh. Uh, it was. We have a new music director and um, Dr. Jared Register. Yes, new newly crowned doctor newly crowned who just doctor. just defended his dissertation. Besides his excellence and talent and leadership, he has a drive um, that fits our team. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of the core values, I think, of our our team as, as we build staff and, 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 and volunteer staff like you, um, that everyone have a shared sense of excellence. We're always in pursuit mm-hmm. of it and that whatever we do is wonderful, but it can always be better and, yep. and drive to the next level. So he did that with us. He, I mean, the choir was amazing. Um, musicians, it just, it, it up-leveled and they're in their... Um, choir robes and oh, yeah. it just it brought a whole nother level and I, I want to point out at the very end um, during the not recessional mm-hmm. um, when the choir started they were playing kind of the exit song and the whole service was over and people were exiting and the choir just picked up and yeah. started singing so the organist was playing the hallelujah chorus yes, as his postlude and they just I, I was outside so I missed it but they did an oh. impromptu flash mob and they just started singing it it was 
amazing. And the majority of people stopped and stood That's in there and turned around and was listening. And I, I want them to do that all the time. I yeah. think they need to like tease us at the very end yeah. and give us something good to go out on. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was a good day. It was really a good day all the way around. Yeah. Um, so where do you want to hit next? Um, I think, you know, in terms of, let's do successes and let's call them not successes. Not successes. Um, um, do we want to start with not successes? Yeah, let's, well, yeah, let's do the negative first. Okay. Biggest not success of the day was? Live stream. Live stream. So this is one thing, and we had talked about it on our last podcast we were really excited for. So it turns out, and this is something I'm <laughs> kicking myself, I should have tested beforehand, but the upload speed of the internet was dial up. Like there was worse no than way, worse than dial there was no way that we could get a live stream, not on a hotspot, not with the church. Like there's just, there was absolutely no way. And we didn't realize that until my husband and I got there yeah. and started it, that it just wouldn't. And I think we made a good decision because that drive for excellence means that we always want to put out the best quality work we can. Correct. We could have switched to a phone and live stream just fine, but yeah. we said, you know, our goal is to be the best live stream service of a traditional church in the whole annual conference. Yep. We want to be in South Georgia, who everyone thinks of when they say, we want to start live streaming, we're a traditional church, yeah. go look at us. And that is our goal. Um, it is. I don't think we've said that out loud to anyone well, I, else I just yet. did. Okay, so it's out in the universe. I just We're gonna did. We're going to be the best. Yeah. Um, and honestly, with the quality, you know, Ben and I talked briefly right before when I was realizing all this was happening. Um, we didn't want a grainy cell phone picture. No. And, you know, we didn't have a tripod stand that could connect, that could record the sermon mm. and hold the phone. Like, they're just, we, that wasn't prepared or we didn't bring that extra equipment, we wouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, and it just, doing it from a phone was not going to give it the quality we wanted. And it's fine. So we ended up, instead of that, we ended up, uh, you and Thomas taped some high points of the service and yes. created a highlight video, which was wonderful. Yep. Super high quality. Great um, videography skills, too. Uh, I, I loved the, the, the moment during the hymn, like uh, the processional hymn. Um, he panned. Yeah. So he didn't just focus on the stage, but even once people were in, just got the whole fullness of how full we were in terms of the congregation and really great skills. So I would take that over the missed opportunity for live streaming. Yeah. But it was and a bummer. It, oh, huge bummer. And that was in the moment I was trying to keep it together because that's what we've been working. Yeah, like that was just, fine. I know it's fine, but you know, and I don't, I hope no one was too, too upset. I know some people came in like, oh, is the live stream on? They were asking about it, but they were also there in worship. And I was like, you know what? We're going to get this video up this afternoon. I had and, some emails to deal with after, but yeah. no one was upset, but they were looking forward to it. But it's I fine. It. I sent them the video. I was disappointed too. Yeah. But you know what? We're only going to fix this better. And at t if you're listening, we really need a hardwire. Our internet um, is the worst, at t Yeah. So I don't care that it's a historic building. It just... It's yeah, unacceptable. It's bad. So, it AT&T, if you want to sponsor us, that that's would right. that's be right. a great call to action. That's right. Yeah. So, live stream was a bummer for the day. Yeah. Um, Do I, you have any more not successful? You know, before the live stream, the biggest hitch of the day was that someone accidentally unplugged the coffee maker. And it take, oh. we leave it plugged in. Because um, then it, the water heats. That's right. Yeah. So, so I was a half hour behind making coffee. With coffee. 
Yes, and I panicked for a minute, but then fixed it. And I thought, well, if this is the worst thing that happens yeah. today. <laughs> but we got the coffee and everything was done. Good. And you know what I do want to say about that coffee? We did touch a lot on that last episode, but for the amount of new people we had, and you had extra donuts, mm-hmm. obviously. We knew there were going to be more people because it's Easter. But you had a whole thing of Dunkin' Donuts outside. I did. Um, and that was huge. Yeah. I mean, because I, I was also in charge of the greeters. And did people take the donuts? Yeah. Good. I, think I, was hoping I, so. I think I ate the last one, good, but they good. were almost all gone. Good. And it was just, and it was people that I hadn't, I don't recognize for the most part were taking the donuts, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Not that our members cannot eat the donuts, please do. But um, especially on Easter, it was really nice to see the new folks and people with kids. They were, you know, splitting them in half for their kids. Yep. And I think that's a huge draw if the kids get into it and know that, oh, this place gives me sugary treats. Yes. I have one mom who likes to remind me that her daughter well, is a yes. sugar junkie yeah. and that putting them out right in front of her means they couldn't even yes. hide them from her. But that's okay. That's okay. But we got some new folks. We did. We did. I, you know, and I think the big push there is we worked really hard on hospitality. Correct. We wanted people to know from the moment they hit our property, not even inside, but the moment that their foot hit the sidewalk, that they were welcome that they were loved, that they were uh, cherished for choosing us as their place of worship on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many greeters did you end up recruiting? So, and this is a success also. I mean, yeah. if we're moving into successes, I think the greeter team oh my God, was, was amazing. So um, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people yeah. I had greeting. Um, and so I stuck a good number of people out in front of the steps and out. I told them, like, line the sidewalk, welcome people. Um, I also had, we threw our parlor through the side mm-hmm. door I had someone out on the sidewalk I had people holding doors open so they knew where to use the restroom where to go into the sanctuary um, and then I also had a floater walking around just saying hello to people and yeah. you know if you don't recognize someone just say happy Easter yeah. so that was I thought that was amazing. that was a huge success the greeter uh, ministry was a big big success uh, for me I'll tell you probably the biggest success of the day was because we're growing the church and, and growing what we're able to do, um, and I'm a type A, so I take a lot of ownership, too much ownership of too many things. And this Easter felt like the biggest collaborative effort that I've ever been a part of here. Um I sent out thank you cards yesterday to everybody who, and I over 15 cards I sent yeah. out. And it was just from little things to a mom ended up missing half the service because she took her daughter up there uh, after the children's sermon and noticed that the children's department was overfilled. And so she stayed to help. She said, you know, they need a helping hand. So she did. I gave her a thank you note. But but to, to you, to all the greeters, to everybody, your card's in the mail. Awesome. Um, but to everybody, it was really a collaborative effort. So I would encourage anybody, sketch everything you want for Easter and then try to put leaders in place to make it happen. And that's a hard lesson for me because, again, I, yes. I micromanage Control. when I shouldn't. Yeah. But it was really this freeing effort that, that really this Easter was the first Easter that my top focus was. Andy Stanley has this great saying that, that for leaders, your main focus should be around the question, what do I do that nobody else can do? And so I don't need to be focused on running and recruiting greeters greeters because you can do that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to worry about 
bulletin production because our office manager can do that. I don't need to worry about music. Our, yeah, but you preach. I preach. What can I do that nobody else can mm-hmm. do? So that sermon became the biggest focal point of the day. Good. I loved going around and encouraging everybody yes. while they were doing their jobs. Um, I've got a lot of life out of that, but that was what's the one thing I can do that nobody else can do, and it's the sermon that day. Awesome. And the follow-up after. So the Correct. personal touch after has been big. So I spent yesterday thanking volunteers and uh, reaching out to new people. Awesome. So I would also, and, and I don't know if this is the healthiest encouragement, but I would challenge <laughs> pastors who look forward to that Easter Monday as a day off. Fine if it is, but you hit the door on Easter Tuesday and you thank everybody who helped make that day so wonderful and you reach out to every new person you possibly can um, to encourage, to welcome them. Yeah, and I'm sure it's exhausting that sure. Monday after, but what's more rewarding than giving thanks and gratitude to those people who made it worthwhile, who yeah. made it exhausting for you. Yeah, you know? and we're, the other big one that we're that um, you asked about my preparation. So a couple of things that I decided to weave into the simplicity of the wonderful Easter message. One is a very intentional encouragement to come back for our series after Easter. Yes. And 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 gearing that toward. Um, how do we live into the mystery of resurrection? Well, for us, we're doing a series, uh, and here's how you can do it. Come back and be a part of it. The other one is I subtly, and I don't know if you picked up on this, I subtly uh, tried to weave into the sermon some of our core values. So, you know, when we talk about hope, you know, we talk about, you know, in a divisive world, but we're an inclusive church. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, we talk about uh, the notion of welcome, but that's what we do. Yeah, you really hit those points. Now that I'm thinking back, I, I did recognize the themes that you were talking yeah. about are things that you do live out, and our church does. Easter is an invitational message. It was in the very first Easter an invitation, and every year your sermon is an invitation to, to, to new life in Christ through the church. And so if we can encourage people to come back, intentionally and then weave into it some of the core values of your church so people not only go for an Easter show Mm -hmm. but they go knowing that they could be a part of a community and understand more about it that was another one of the things I tried to subtly throw in there Um, I'm also a big advocate now that too many of us take the Sunday after Easter off you should not create the low Sunday feel. That, yeah. It's going to feel that way because it's not the massive crowd from Easter. Yeah. But why should we create and perpetuate the low Sunday feel? Yeah. We should ramp up the energy. Well, and we did, we have done, you had a printout in the bulletin mm-hmm. of the new sermon series. We're also, um, Rachel Watford, the uh, disciples, discipleship. discipleship, there we go. I can't, I'm struggling with words today. She's leading a small group study mm-hmm. on the book that the sermon series is based off of. And that's for people who just want to go deeper. And mm-hmm. I know that's such a common theme that we keep talking about. We want people to go deeper and have avenues where they can do that. Um, and I think follow right up after Easter yeah. with a study and a sermon series that goes along with, I mean, early. Yeah, it's trying to find that that, that good rhythm uh, of the deep and wide approach. You know, if, if Easter's a day you go wide and get as many people as you can in your doors, you need to invite them to also go deeper. Yeah. Because you never, I mean, you may not get, you know, 100% response, but you never know the two or three or 10 people who say, this feels real. I do want to go deeper on this. I mean, you came for the first time in a couple of years.
years, yeah. three years ago, yep. and here you are. Yeah. So Easter can have that effect, but you have to be intentional around that. Yeah. So let's talk. Um, let's wrap up and talk about what are intentional things that folks can do, whether they're churches or just church members, um, kind of a preparation for Easter um, next year. And then also like following up kind of what would you like to see out of members and churchgoers leaving this Easter season? <laughs> okay. That, yeah, that's good. So I would say if you're a leader um, or even a church member, that this episode will drop soon enough that you need to look back over this Easter and ask some real important questions. You know, ask, did we do everything we could to welcome people? Did we feel like at the end of the service that we executed it, you know, as much as we had planned going into it? Um, do we feel like we that, that if this was a person's first time ever in our church, that what they saw was the very best representation of who we are? You know, those are good questions to evaluate how your Easter went. Um, and if you fall short on those, it's okay. How can we do better next year? How can we learn from that? So um, I think organizationally that's important for, you know, as people leave Easter, my great hope is that they will go deeper in their faith. Yeah. They'll come to the small group. Um, they'll come back to church even. Yeah. You know, that they'll go into their daily lives. Like we're trying to do a number of things. Our, our mission day is coming up. Yep. So trying to find that balance between worship, study, and service um, to give people opportunities to engage uh, the community uh, uh, for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's important. And then going into next year, I just want to grow in collaboration. Yeah. You know, to... to, to and find those people who have strengths in those areas yeah. and are passionate about it and let them take charge. Yeah, even down to as simple as a church member shared with me a couple of weeks ago that he knows how to polish brass and has his own oh. brass polishing kit and and said, no offense, but I look at your cross and candles <laughs> and your brass looks horrible. May I polish the brass? That's incredible. Well, a seemingly small task, right? It was gorgeous on Easter and Sunday what an and yeah. hadn't been polished in years. And so even down to the simplest things, mm-hmm. can you find somebody to take that on as their mission and then let them go? A leader's job, I contend, is to be the chief permission giver. If people want to do something, find a way to say yes and then say only say no if, if you have to. But yeah. find a way to say yes. Yeah. And share the work. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because I'm not great at it, but... <laughs> share the work it's really fun yeah and members are more invested absolutely i mean 100 percent. so awesome well we hope this is a great takeaway from your easter if, um yeah if nothing else it, it, it you hear us processing and maybe you can do your own <laughs> which is the purpose of right. this faith revisited podcast um processing our own church and helping you um with your walk in faith so um, thank you all. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. Um, also on social media, share with us your Easter experience. Um, what were some great things that you learned this Easter, whether you are members of our own church or um, out there in other um, congregations? What was your favorite part about this Easter? Um, and we look forward to talking with you in another two weeks. Sounds good. See you then. Have a good day.